So Jesus came again to Cain of Galilee. <laughs> Maybe that's really what the Lord wants to say. Where he had made the water wine, and there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into, into Galilee, he went to him and implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will, be, you will by no means believe. The nobleman said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go your way, your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. And as he, was go, as he was now going down, his servants met him, told him, saying, Your son lives. Then he acquired of them the hour when he got better, and they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son lives. And he himself believed in his whole household. This again is the second sign Jesus did when he had come out of Judah into Galilee. And that's a great story in the Bible, but... And it is the second sign in the book of John. You know, in the book of John has eight signs, and I've been talking to you about signs. And basically, if you remember correctly, a sign is a miracle which is trying to point us in a direction, trying to teach us something that's not apparent um, in the story. And if you think about this uh, story in the Bible uh, being a sign... That that story sort of stuck in behind another more popular story of the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well. Remember that story? Everybody knows that story. So this one is almost like it's just sort of hidden in the Bible in some ways, even though it's one of the profound signs that Jesus did. Uh, we don't we tend not to pay much attention to it. There's lots of other healings that Jesus did, you know, in the Bible, but this one's one that we tend not to pay that much attention to, but it's really profoundly important because it really is one of the signs that the Bible clearly states that Jesus did. And uh, so I think there's something really important for us to hear about this sign. And uh, in um, 2003, uh, September 24, 2003, I had this tremendous experience with the Lord, one of the, you know, the top ones in my experience as a Christian where God really came and revealed himself to me in a real unique way. And really what the Lord did is, and this is, you know, this stuff's hard to describe and it's sort of crazy really when you think about it, but I was in the car with my son. We were going to, for a birthday present he was giving me, going to play golf in the mountains, and I had the Lord to visit me in the car. And the Lord revealed his heart to me and showed me uh, just a glimpse of his heart and what his heart is like and he said a few things to me, and you know, one of the things he said to me is that he had a heart for Israel still, and that his heart was still broken over all the people who died in the desert, that God had never forgotten his people. And another thing he said to me was that he had a heart that we'd walk by faith. And <clears throat> that was really one that really sunk into my heart deeply, was the whole thing of walking by faith, being a, being a people of faith. And he told me, when he said that to me, in my mind, the first thing that came to me uh, was how, in my life, how I like to have control of everything. And the Lord, as I was thinking about it, the Lord says, you can't control things and, and walk in faith at the same time. You have to le learn how to let go of things uh, to be, be a, a man of faith. Is you have to be willing to let go. 
And so I, I've spent the last... I took that word to be real serious. I uh, took that... Because that was really a tr- profound experience in my life. I still... I remember sharing some of you guys. I know how that kind of stuff can be when people share that stuff. It's like you don't connect with it, really. But it was real. It was God speaking to me. And uh, one of the things in that uh, profound experience, I was touching the love, I was feeling the love of God in such a, in a, a tremendous way. But I saw something out of the corner of my eye in that spiritual realm, whatever, it, you know, wherever that was at, was, is I saw a dark cloud. And it was sort of like over here. And I felt the Lord, you know, of course when you see a dark cloud, that doesn't mean something, that can be some impending doom, so to speak. And I was really concerned about seeing that out of the corner of my eye. And I felt that the Lord said for me not to be concerned about that right that moment, but there was things coming that were going to be trying. Uh, and I didn't feel like that was necessarily personally for me that you know, I mean, I knew I got stuff coming that's trying for me. I don't have to have some prophetic word from the Lord to tell me that. You know, I can call one of my kids on the phone right now and get that word. But uh, I felt there was something, there was things coming. And I so I shared that with people who tend to be a lot more prophetic than me just to sort of get their feel about those kinds of things and, and they yeah that's common thought amongst people who can see the future so to speak and if you read the Bible you'd have to be dumb not to feel that the Bible really tells us about things that can happen in the end times the last days that we live in and um, so I felt just a great burden in my heart um, about this storm and about what happened down in New Orleans and you know because it really is something there's more to it than just a, a storm and a levee break and there's really a whole lot more to it and I think probably most people who were preaching today really wanted to hear God about something to be able to tell people something that was real about situations like that and um you know, honestly, I wish I knew. I wish I really knew, understood all that stuff, but I really don't. And But I do know, I just feel that we really have to look in our hearts at where we're at. It's just now is not a time to be away from God. Now is not a time to be lukewarm or cold. It's really a time to really seek the Lord. There's a, there's a psalm, I'm not going to read it to you, but it says, Seek the Lord while he may be found, Psalm 32, because in uh, the sound of many waters he may not be found. In other words, right at the moment of crisis is not the time to suddenly get on fire for God. And it could be easily us. Think of how many churches there are that are not churches anymore. That two weeks ago there were churches just like us, meeting, planning baptisms, planning you know, good things, and and they're gone, literally gone, and most likely may not ever come back again. Some of them I'm sure won't. I'm sure there'll be some new ones, but those are those are sort of critical things, and we need to really pay attention. These are God's people uh, that have, in the middle of all the things that happened there. There were, I'm sure there's many God, God, of God's choice servants that may have died in the middle of all that. Um, 
So these are, this is something we really need to ask the Lord about and be before the Lord about. <clears throat> and but I think you know this, you know, wasn't the plan necessarily. But this was, you know, this really fits in this this message of this sign of what it really teaches us is something we really need to hear now, because it's about faith. It's really this, this story. That's what Jesus was really trying to teach us about is about what supernatural faith is like. And I think that's really the thing that we've got to see about ourselves is that we may find ourselves at a place in our lives where we are going to have all we have. All we have is our faith in God, our belief in God. Because that's really all this man had, if you think about it. In those days, they didn't have the medical facilities and the knowledge of medical science that we have today. And there he, his son was dying. And this man was a wealthy man. He says he's a nobleman. So it means he's somebody of, of means. But in spite of all his means, none of it was doing him any good. It was all, uh, you know, it, it, there was no help from what he had on a natural plane. And there could, there could come a day in our lives, and I'm not a doomsday kind of person. I've always been anti-doomsday, actually, because I don't like doomsday. I like it easy. Like this thing's make things nice, Lord, and let's just go on about our business, but you can't, <laughs> you can't think that way. There may come a day when we are forced to, to survive. The, the, our very survival is dependent upon our faith in Christ. I'm serious. There may come that day for us. There's people right now in the United States of America that are in that situation. That their faith, in, it's not the God, they may be lost somewhere down there and nobody knows where they're at and they could, their only hope of life itself is the Lord. Now we could all find ourselves in that situation and never dream, just like we would have never dream the, the sights, the sounds, the things that we saw this past week could, we could ever happen in America. We never thought, that. of course, oh, South America or, or Africa, yeah, I mean, you know, they, that's the way they are. It's like I heard one guy say, um, he said, man, it's Mother Nature and Human Nature is destroying this, this city. He's feeling New Orleans. And I'm thinking, yeah, Mother Nature and Human Nature and the, the, the devil you know, is, is out to destroy this city. And, you know, so we, we really need to be people of faith. We need to learn how to walk by faith. Right now, that's why in Psalm 30, it says, Seek the Lord why he may be found. Now's the time for us to begin to be people who learn what it is to live supernaturally. Now, that's the truth, whether we want to hear that or not. We may go home to our comfortable homes today, but there's, a, there's something that's threatening us. And we've got to learn now that faith is really one of the things, and that's what Jesus was trying to teach about. Listen, man, listen. You're, you're in a mess, and the only hope you've got is, is me, and somehow or another you've got to get me into that situation or your son's going to die. And so somehow or another, we've got to get Jesus into our situations. And we need to learn today while the air conditioner's working and while we have a building and while we have each other and we're not washed away in a flood. And we don't have each other. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's really what, it, what this thing teaches us about. It's, uh, you know, it's not just faith in the supernatural. Okay, because that, that's not really the point here. It's not faith in the supernatural. Because I think we all have this faith in the supernatural power of God, but it's having that supernatural faith. So there's a difference. Because I believe most of us would stand up this morning 
if I said, who in here believes that God can heal right now? And I believe we'd all say, yes, we know He can. We have faith in God. We've seen Him do it. But there's a big difference, you know, when your child's dying. There's a big difference when, you know, the the floor's been washed out from under you. You know, life is different all of a sudden. So that's the thing I feel like that's in here is... uh, it's faith. Now, if you remember correct, are y'all with me? If you remember correct, we had the, the incident in back called 9-11, which just shook, shook us up to no end. Remember that? And, you know, there was all this talk. You know, that was a little bit different because, you know, those people had a place to go. You know, a couple business buildings collapsed, and so the people that got out had a home to go to. Um, but it was we were shook because we were attacked from the outside. See, can you see how there's a protection from God that's being removed from us, where we were never we were never attacked. We never had a, a hurricane. Nobody. Can you just think a major city? I think total population in that whole area 1.5 million people. Just that's the. I think my uh, New Orleans proper was like four or five hundred thousand, but the whole you know like Charlotte metro area, one and a half million people were there suddenly this whole place a, a city that big that large deserted it's just unheard of you gotta leave this you can't live there it's a cesspool and that's what they were saying the water now it's no longer just water they said this is not water this is a cesspool of all the the waste and the dead bodies and the chemicals that were stored there for you know industry and stuff have been you know it's in this stuff now it's a cesspool you know, you can't you can't be there. It's like living in a you know, if you went if you're seeing a cesspool, you wouldn't want to get in it. It's really nasty. So we we felt like we Lord, what did we learn from nine eleven? <laughs> that was my question. What did the church learn? If you look at it from a church perspective, the church just totally just fell apart after nine eleven. There was all this big talk, you know, the church is gonna grow, you know, and this is how insane it was. There were big people who build church buildings that were actually calling us you know, if you want to buy these buildings from us, you've got to go ahead and buy them now because everybody knows the church is just going to take off and grow and you need to get your order. And we had people call the church the week after that saying that stuff to us. This presumptuous attitude. You know, and so the people, you know, all the churches were full for about a month, but they came looking for something and didn't find it because we were just so presumptuous. Well, all we cared about is let's grow our church. And there's people that died and were suffering. You know, and we didn't get the message. The Christians missed the message. And so here we are again, like there's just another message given to us. And we just can't just live the way we've been living. And that doesn't mean we change how we do church services. I'm saying we need to change. We need to see we're living in a different age, and God is trying to help us see that. And it really needs to be the faith age. It really does. I went to the youth group a few weeks ago. <laughs> the, the invitation was from Marlins. I want you to come and listen to me preach and tell me what you think. So I go to this youth group meeting, and I'm sitting there, and I mean, literally, I felt like the floor was moving under me. That's what I thought, man, what is this? I mean, it was almost sickening. Now, if you've ever felt a floor moving under you, you feel kind of unstable. And I knew the Lord was trying to, it was, you know, it was spiritual, but it felt real to me. But I thought it was just about youth ministry, that God really wants to change things in youth ministry. And, 
But then I thought, well, I thought about it for a while and prayed about it. No, it's just the church. The Lord wants to change the church. Then I thought about that. No, He wants to change our nation. It's moving. It's becoming something. Things are going to be different. We need to be different. And so, you know, that's what we need to learn, whatever that is. But uh, not really too far off the mark here. But here in Luke 1, verse 71... This is about faith. This is put that one up there, Drew. Uh, this is the prophecy that Zacharias gave about John the Baptist and about G, after John the Baptist was born. This is John the Baptist's daddy prophesying about Christ. He said that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to perform the mercies promised to our fathers, to remember His holy covenant, the oath which He swore to our father Abraham. To grant us, now this is the verse right here, I just give that. To grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear. Might serve him without fear. And you see, that's what living a life of faith is, is, is being able to serve God without fear. And that is not where we're at as a people. That is not where we're at. Although that has been granted to us to do that. But I feel that we are no different than the rest of the world around us. Now, if calamity came here, just like it affected those churches, affected their lives, affected them on an individual level, but the difference should be is that we need to be a people who can live above fear that's happening around us and being consumed by it. And I'm going to tell you the truth. We have a hard time overcoming our own insecurities. You hear what I'm saying to you? We're still stuck trying to get, in, get over insecurity and being afraid to, to, you know what I'm saying, to communicate to people about the gospel. We're embarrassed about it or ashamed about it or, or, or scared to do something. We're having a hard time with that. You know, just the inward fears. And we have this huge thing coming that's a, that could bring a great outward fear to us. You know, difficulties. But God wants us to bear to serve Him without fear. And the only way to do that is by living in faith. That's the only way to do it because, see, faith and fear are opposites. Fear is actually the counterfeit of Satan's faith. That's how Satan controls people. That's how Satan gets what he wants out of us. He gets us to, to believe in something that's not true and get, believe in a lie, and therefore fear is released. You got that? That's, you know, Arthur's saying, you know, fear is built, built on a lie. Believe, remove the lie and the fear will die. Okay, so it's what you believe. Okay? That's the way that deal works. So you believe stuff about yourself that's not true. You know, I'm ugly. I'm bored. I'm boring. <laughs> I, you know, you, that's a lie. You're not ugly. I mean, at least not to somebody. <laughs> you might think I'm ugly this morning, but my wife doesn't think I'm ugly. And she's the one that matters the most about that. And if she tells me I'm ugly, I'm in trouble. You know, but this is the wonderful thing about the Lord is, is He gives us something. Even though it's Him and even though it's His, He gives us ownership. You think about in the Bible, Jesus said this, I think like 20, there was like 25 healings in the Bible that Jesus performed that we know about. There's lots of other healings where He said He healed everybody. We don't get to know the details, but there's 25 of them that we know a lot of the details about. And 23 of the 25... 
and this is one of the other two, he said these words, your faith has made you well. Your faith. And I've wondered about that because that word your, your faith, see, I don't, I don't believe like everybody believes about faith. I believe if I got faith, it's God's faith. Yet when God gives me something, He says, this is yours. Even though it's really Him. That's just the way God is. He gives you a gift, and it's your gift. But really, it's His gift. But that's just the way the Father is. It's just like there's daddies in here and kids in here that are driving cars like, this is my car. It really ain't. It's really, many times, in Daddy's name. Daddy's paying the insurance. Daddy's paying, you know, but the kids say, this is mine. Yeah, she is. I bought him a car. You see what I'm saying? And that's the way God is about faith. He lets us believe it's your faith. But really it's not your faith. It's His faith. It's the faith of the Son of God. Therefore, the pressure is taken off in you to have to generate something. The pressure is off in you. Well, that brother didn't get healed because of his faith. Well, that's just, that, that is not biblical. You know? Because if you've got, if you got faith, guess what? You didn't get it because you generated it yourself. Because you can't generate anything spiritual. You've got it because God gave it to you. That's, that's where it came from. But faith, if you really... And this is what this thing really teaches about. This, is, this story is a teaching about faith from Jesus' mouth. Okay? That's, that's what it really is. It's his, it's his take on faith. And if you really look at it close, you'll see that Jesus has a, different, a little bit of a different angle than what we have put on faith. You know, we've put a different angle on faith that Jesus didn't put on. And it's, it's so simple, it's ridiculous. And I know I'm running out of time, but I'll go through it real quick. The development of supernatural faith in your life. Okay, supernatural faith equals the faith of the Son of God. So when I say that, I'm talking about Jesus' faith being, de- being in you and developed in you. Okay, that's what we need to be able to live now. You got that? So the first thing is, is this. The nobleman's faith began... His faith began or was formed by believing Jesus could heal his son based on what other people told him. Okay? That's where his faith began, based on what Jesus' reputation. And that's, that's the formation of faith. You know, it's when, what somebody else tells you. You will go to watch a movie of somebody that you love or like and know how... You, hey, that's a great movie! You go to that movie based on what they told you. Well, this man lived 20 miles away, which was a long ways in those days, and he had heard that the person who turned water into wine, and there was other miracles that he did, other healings, that he had heard about this person. And that's why he went to Jesus. It's simply on what other people, what other people had said. And that's really what, if you think about it, that's really the way the Bible is to us, isn't it? Isn't that the Bible? It tells us what Jesus did. It's telling us about who He was, what He was. And we sort of like, that's Jesus' reputation. He went about doing good and healing people and delivering all of demons. And we hear that, and we, that's where our faith starts at. As we hear about this person, and we say, well, you know, that person has this reputation that he can save people. He has a reputation of being, you know, God. And that's where it all starts at. That's the very beginning of it, and that's really wonderful. That's like the embryo of faith. The problem with a lot of people, and many good Christian people, is that's, the, all the, that's where our faith has gotten to. 
that it's just stopped there. It's based on what somebody else has said. It's, it's based on reading the Bible. This is what the Bible says. This is what the preachers said. This is what my friends said. But their faith is, is still embryonic. It's still immature in them because they're, you know, they never went beyond that first thing of faith. So you have people who listen to everybody else's experience, read about the experience, but they lack an experience in their life. Are you following what I'm saying to you? So your faith begins simply because of a person's reputation. Faith is based, your faith, your embryonic nursery rhyme faith is because of something the Bible said about Jesus or something somebody told you about Him. That's wonderful. That's good. The problem with that kind of faith is it's only the beginning. That's the problem with it. And that is a real problem. So that goes... That's the embryo of supernatural faith. That brings you to the second level of faith. The, mo- the nobleman's faith was de- developed because of the personal interaction between himself and Jesus, the presence of Jesus. He had heard Jesus say for himself, Go, for your son lives. He heard it. He didn't hear you know, Mary Magusso say, Hey, Jesus can heal your son. He didn't hear that out of Mary's mouth. He heard the Lord Himself speak to him. That's the next development, the next step, so to speak, in faith, is is this personal interaction with the Lord. Personal. Put Hebrews 11.11 up there. Drew, Drew he was back there doing something. Gives me a chance. This won't be really long, I promise. Now this is, y'all know, the last couple of years, this has been one of my favorite verses here, because the Lord really spoke to me a couple of years ago, this verse, and what I love about it is the first few words, the first, to the first, by faith, Sarah herself, that, it's just like, man, that is, that's what I'm trying to say, by faith, Sarah herself also, everybody say also, received strength to conceive a seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. By faith, Sarah herself. It wasn't. You see, they were going to have to have a baby. It just couldn't be Abraham. Abraham's got a revelation. He met with God. He talked with God. You're going to have a baby. Gosh, Lord, you've got to convince her of this. You know? She's an old grandma. How is she going to believe this? I can just imagine Abraham telling, well, that's great, Lord. I can believe I can you know, muster it up, man, and get the energy to do this thing. But I'm not convinced she believes that. I don't believe she believes I can. And I'm not sure she believes she can. So you've got to talk to her. And that's really the next thing. That, that's what happened to this guy. Is he heard about Jesus' reputation. Then he went and he had a talk with the Lord himself. He heard Jesus speaking to his own heart. And we've all got to have that. If we're going to really, we can't just, you know, the Bible says blah, 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 and we're going to act on it. That is not really the way it really works. I mean, that's, that's good to have that. But you need the other parts. You need this thing. The Bible says it, and the Lord has spoken this to my heart. I heard him speak this to me. I heard him tell me if I would do these things, this is what he would do. I heard him tell me this, and it's not some fantasy because the Word of God really supports it and backs it up. But you see what I'm saying? By faith, Sarah herself received strength. You've got to be like Sarah. That's really what the church needs to be right now. We've got to receive something from the Lord. 
we got to hear God talk to us. we got to have an interaction with the Lord. You know, freely you have received, freely give. Are we going to be able to help people? I mean, you know, really? I mean, we can take up an offering, give them this, you know, send some food. You know, do, those are all good and noble things, but there may come a day when there's no money left to take up for anybody. You know, we need something more than that. We need something supernatural to really be able to help people. We need to get with that, get on that bandwagon. Um, all right, then, so that's, that's really the second thing is, is having this personal encounter with the Lord, having a personal presence with the Lord. That brings your faith, your faith, the, His faith in you. It brings it another step forward. It's like He's trying to draw this thing out of you. All right, the third one, the, fa- the, noble, the noble, nobleman's faith was released when his actions were a result of his personal interaction with Jesus. His actions were a result of his personal interaction. He had this personal encounter with Jesus, and based on that personal encounter, based on what he heard Jesus say, he acted. You got that? That's where, you know, that's, that's, I think a lot of Christians come up to this point. I think probably most people in this room have had personal encounters with the Lord, heard God speak to them, heard God tell them to do something, but they come right up to this line and think, whoa, can you imagine how that man felt walking home? Go, your son. You think he went home all rejoicing? Probably not. I'm, I guarantee as he walked, the devil was walking right beside him saying, you're an idiot. Your son's going to die. You, this guy's back here. He could probably help him if he went with you, but he wouldn't even go with you. Why are you even going to believe this guy? He wouldn't even take the time to go with you and help you. Can you imagine all the stuff that was bombarding this guy? You know, 20-mile walk. He made his servants halfway. So he had a 10-mile walk. That's a long walk. I imagine he, he was really in his heart tore up over his kid. Like, man, Lord, I believe you said that. I feel something. I got something working in me. But these, all these doubts, all these fears are rising, rising in your mind. That's what we deal with, isn't it? Was this guy any different from us? He really wasn't. He was dealing with the same feelings and concerns and hurts that we deal with difference between him and us is he acted and he let the Lord act through him. Because see, God can't act through you unless you let unless you act on what he tells you to do. See, God can't, will never use you to have a healing ministry unless you start praying for people, giving God that opportunity to move through you. You'll never be a preacher of the gospel unless you open your mouth and tell somebody. You've got to give Him the opportunity, the means to work through the things you feel in your heart instead of sitting there being scared about it and wondering about it. Are y'all with me on that? I mean, I know this is simple. This is ABC. It really is. But, it's not, it, but this is what the sign taught us, so it must be important. Uh, and uh, the, the, uh, the fourth thing is, this is really something that I really never really really have gotten a hold of until this. This really started teaching me this. Because I always thought, man, when you were there, third, the third thing, when you were obeying the Lord, you're doing what God tells you to do, that's it. I mean, that's really like faith is at, is at its fullness at that point, but that is not true. Faith is at its fullness. The nobleman's faith was, was at its fullness based on the actions of Jesus. In other words, Jesus said, go your way, your son lives. And when he found out that God's words, God's actions backed up his words, 
then he had a full faith. Because then it says, the last thing it says, the whole household got saved. Do you see what I'm saying to you? Have you ever asked, have you ever felt like the Lord told you to do something? I want you to go do, go do such and such a thing, and you go to do it, and then suddenly you see God begin to operate in what you're doing. Has anybody ever had that experience? Your faith all of a sudden goes to a different level, right? So, you, you know, what we need to see is faith, really, there, there has to be some action on the Lord's part for faith to really be true biblical faith. I mean, we can't just, I mean, listen, Sarah just didn't, she didn't have a promise. You know, she didn't say, well, God's going to give me a baby and nothing ever happened, her stomach never got big. And she never had birth pains. Something happened. She had a baby that was a completion of her faith. When God tells you something, if it's really God, it ha- there has to be something that happens. If God tells you to do something and nothing ever, ever for the rest, well, I'm, you know, I'm dying and I know God told me 40 years ago if I do so-and-so, this would happen. I'm going to die and it's not going to happen. Well, I know the Bible says there's people who died in faith, but those people, God spoke to them. You're going to die in faith. You're not going to see this is for the future. He may tell you things for the future that you won't see. But I believe God wants a people who've experienced His words and experienced His actions. If you believe God's... And I just use healing because that's just a comment. If you believe God's called you to a healing ministry, at some point in time, you've got to start seeing people get healed when you pray for them. Otherwise, there's something wrong with the faith around. Okay, you've, you've not heard God. Something, something is, is out of whack there. Because God... If God says something, it must happen, and it must happen in our lives. And that's what being supernatural is. We've got to operate in the supernatural power of God. And what faith does, as all of you know, it connects us with the supernatural power of God. So you can sit here this morning and have a scowl on your face and tell me nine reasons you can't believe God is true in what He says and have to be skeptical, but you're wrong. That's the truth. You're wrong if you feel that this morning. And you need to get in your heart that I'm wrong if I'm skeptical because I don't like the way my life's working because I thought God said this, I thought God said that. We need to get away from that kind of thinking. You hear what I'm saying to you? We need to be people of faith. This country needs men and women of faith to rise up and say something. No, I just didn't hear about Jesus. I know Jesus. I've talked to Him. I've seen Him work in my life. That's what we need. That's what America needs. It don't need a program. It needs people who says, I have had an experience with him. He's done these things in my life. He saved me. I got a healing one time. I prayed for 23 people one time, and two of them got healed. And now I can pray for you, and you're going to be the third one. That's what the church needs to be. It doesn't need to be. Or listen, look, we're busted. We're broke. We need a next meal. Well, I know a person who knows. I'm that person who God provided that next meal for. And I can tell you, if He provided for me, He'll provide it for you. I'll pray for you. You'll get your next meal. I'll pray for you. I guarantee you, we will hear, hear some testimonies down there of people. You know, we hear all the negative stuff. There's going to be some testimonies of God's miraculous power in people's life that we ain't hearing yet. But we're going to hear them of God doing miraculous things, delivering people miraculously, saving people miraculously. And we need to pay attention to those things because God is calling us to be men and women of supernatural faith. That's what this sign points us to. We've got to be men and women of supernatural faith. Supernatural faith is the faith of the Son of God. 
It comes into you. It develops in you. It's not something you do. It's something that rises. I guess, you know, we have trouble with words, but it's like God, God puts this faith down inside of him and he's pulling on it. I need to pull this faith out of this man. I need to get it out. You know, I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to encounter him. Then I'm going to ask this man to do something. He sees, he's not, it's not like you are doing anything. It's God doing it in you. You're just cooperating with the Lord. And eventually that faith pops out there. Something happens. You know, something happens, and that's what God wants us to be. You want to help the situation down there? You really want to help the situation in this world? Then we need to be people of supernatural faith. That's what's going to help the world. It's not going to be our messages. It's not going to be, you know, our programs. All that stuff the church tried to pile on the people who came looking for God after 9-11. Those things didn't work. People came looking for some supernatural answers from supernatural people. You know? And we need to become that. We really do. And I know there's people in this room that are living supernaturally right now. They're hearing God on a supernatural level and obeying God on a supernatural level. You know, we've got to go after this. This is a must in our hour. It's a must. I really believe it is a must. You tell me, you tell me today, if anything I've said to you is not biblical, Okay? Then you, if you can show to me that I'm wrong, then okay, I'm wrong. You can disagree with it and be skeptical about it, but at least you've had a chance today to hear what I believe is what God wants to say to us about our lives and about the world we live in. Is He's saying, I want you to learn how to be people of faith, of supernatural faith. And it's available to you. Amen? That's the end. It didn't take too long.